Hi, I'm Billy. And I'm Joe. And we're now in Cinemascope, your one-stop shop for in-depth film discussion and debate. Each week, we take a different film, person or subject and explore them until the credits roll. This week, we are discussing two seminal films that came out in the last decade, Daphne and Francis Ha. So, what are we waiting for? Cue music, roll titles, lights, camera and action. So, Billy, we've been really excited to do this episode as these are two films that both you and I absolutely adore and um francis ha and daphne mm-hmm. and obviously they're about five six years apart and for you your favorite film is is daphne yeah is daphne well yeah my second favorite film, second favorite film. Film. <laughs> but, but, but my favorite film of the last modern, of modern yeah. times yeah my favorite film daphne and in the same way for me that is francis ha mm. and I, which which I also really like. Yeah, as well. you, <laughs> which we, I think yes. we both established that we both like the a other mutual ones respect, a mutual respect <laughs> yeah. and admiration. And as two films, which arguably kind of take uh, an acerbic, sort of social realistic, nouvelle vague style look at two women in the twenty first century, and exploring just kind of sitting with them a character study of their life and how it goes. Again, both sort of looking for fulfillment and both having instanced like big instances in the first five minutes, which then alter the course from which they thought they were very happy on. Mm. And the the trauma, the low, not to say low key trauma, but the trauma that slowly builds out of it. And they're quite similar, Um, but also very different as well. Daphne, obviously, when you're just taking it from like a a visual perspective, Daphne in colour, Francis Ha in very stark black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, Daphne, a much harder character to get on board with for quite a lot of the film. Mm-hmm. Whereas Francis Ha, you kind of love her from the start and then you start to see her flaws more, whereas Daphne, it's almost the other way around. Yeah, totally. Um, and again, two very different sort of performances from Greta Gerwig, very sparkly, bubbly, kind of almost lost, whereas Daphne doesn't know she's lost throughout the whole of the film. Yeah. Until well, all towards the end, like she kind of pushes on regardless. Mm. Whereas Frances Hart, she only pushes on regardless because of the positivity. Mm, that emerges it. over the course of the film. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I think, the re- you know, I, I think the reason we've been so excited to talk about these two films in particular is because we both, I think we both feel very strongly about- Part of our DNA. <laughs> part of our DNA and the fact that we feel like they're two great representations. And we're speaking as two, you know, uh, white, straight males. Hey, uh, hey. Okay, <laughs> so, well, you know, I'm not straight. <laughs> okay, I wasn't gonna. I don't want to put any labels, but you know. Uh, but my point was, is two you know white modern males. Yeah, we're you know we both are absolutely in love with these films as portrayals of 21st century women. You know, on screen, and uh, you know, we, we. I think we both think they're very important, and we both mm. think they're you know they they capture something about that experience which is universal and transcendent. Mm. You know, uh, and and can, and resonates with not just with you know people of that particular demographic, but also with us personally, on a you know on an emotional level. They're, um, they're deeply personal yet universal at the same time. Totally, which is a very hard thing to pull off, I think, in 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 art and film in particular. Mm. Um, so, and I think yeah, with Daphne, they both have and and Francis Ha, they both have their roots in a sort of new new wave sort of new, yeah nouvelle vague kind of. Um, sort of you know part of cinema so mm. you know Francis character Scott, study character focused studies. more than there's like arguably if you try and talk about the plot of these films there well, isn't you're going to be floundering yeah you know, there isn't much going on in there it's that kind of wafer thin plots but high on character mm. low on narrative is that kind of style yeah someone someone called them coming of age age films when i was chatting about them it's not like necessarily the coming of age 
it's more that point where you kind of there's that slow transition to adulthood which isn't a realization and it's seen almost like as a, a failure as a settling but actually it's just kind of taking a bit more responsibility for who you are mm. and actually being okay with who you are and like something with Francis Hard there's a big sort of focus and it becomes a heavy focus on the fact that she actually takes this reception job so that she can then program her work um, mm. and and direct rather than be a dancer she's been trying to focus on it mm. again it's not a settling of her dreams it's just finding actually to play to her strengths and it's similar exactly, in Daphne yeah. that she finds that actually she's very good at empathy yeah well, Sounds- it, it, I think I think both films have a common sort of thing which is you know set the idea of settling for what you can get isn't necessarily a bad thing it, but it can be an inevitable it's kind of an it's mm. a result of an inevitable sort of realization of certain parts of certain attributes of yourself and your what your life has become or is becoming yeah I think both films are a great cinematic representation of that point where childhood truly the idea some of the ideas of childhood truly end because you know C.S. Lewis famously said that you know the idea that you know that you need, must abandon childhood things and become an adult because you're embarrassed but because of, out of a mm. feeling of embarrassment is in itself a childish feeling yeah. you know you don't stop being a child just because you turn 18 or because yeah. you turn 21 or even in the case of Daphne and Francis Hart 31 and you know, so I think, and, and so there is certainly in both films a sense of realization that that kind of, especially in Daphne, because Daphne, you know, Peter McIburn, the director, mm. it said in you know in an interview that basically the core setup for that film was what happens when you become, when you have truly become the person who you've pretended to be for. For, yes. te- for te- over 10 years the entirety of, of the characters in, in, in 20s you know mm. what happens over that time you, she, you're being somebody who you then you look at yourself in the mirror and go i actually have become this person and i'm not happy with this really yeah and you know and then what what are the consequences of that how what changes come and and i think yeah in francis Hara as well it, it's a similar thing of mm. looking at your looking at your life and yourself in a, in a sort of and i think learning to sort of have more compassion maybe not in the film there is there, there is compassion for moment. yourself i think compassion is. for yourself which is why i think uh, i certainly i think you do we have these connections to these movies because you know compassion is something that i you know as just as a person in my day to life i really value that mm. that attribute in my in I, in my i try to do it in myself and in other people yeah. i think you're the same and that's why i think we, well, i mean i kick puppies for a living but no. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he doesn't he's he's lovely he's really lovely but yeah, it's um, actually kittens so yeah. I should <laughs> <laughs> you know it's and i think that's why you know we love these movies mm. certainly why i love daphne's because it's about it becomes a celebration of these sort of of these tiny values yeah. that, that are so fragile but also so important and you know, and are so in, intrinsic to changing the way of how you feel about your life from something that is negative to something that yeah. might be positive. That sort of fragile sense of maybe this can, maybe this is moving forward and maybe this, what's going to come is going to be better than what came before. Exactly. I think it's also it, what it does both of them really well. Um, and I was listening to Greg Gurgui talk about this. Um, they frame both of them frame loneliness and that sense of loneliness when you try and resist that almost that you kind of that embarrassment puts you into Mm. so there's a lot of shots in both Daphne and Frances Ha where they're framed in empty spaces a lot yeah or you have a cluster of people over there and they're over there and it's very subtle you don't really notice it and also there's actually a lack of soundtrack for quite a lot of these 
mm. films. Like there is splashes of music which we'll talk about a bit later. Um, but a lot of the time it's just without music and it's just the urban sounds. Mm. Well, um, minimalism is a virtue. I mean, yeah. And know. again, it's that, I think it's that, it, what it portrays very well is that sense of loneliness that can come from both resisting the inevitable because you're scared of it. You're scared of that change and therefore it, it makes you quite lonely because not that people are going on that change, but you you just you're halting your life up for the sake of trying to grasp after that that good thing yeah that's which is already gone that constant striving it's almost like it's it's the act of that constantly striving for something more it does it means you go you know you're trying to take a step forward but you're actually taking more steps back it's like yeah. it's like great gatsby it's beating against the uh, the currents the tide you know, the waves yeah. that are there, but you're being born slowly backwards into the past it's that lo- the loneliness of looking for fulfillment where there is none exactly and it's almost like the quest for fulfillment is the thing that is actually making you feel it can ultimately make you feel less fulfilled you know yeah. or not fulfilled at all you know and it's amazing that i think that we're talking about these huge themes and like the films themselves are 80 minutes long like 82 minutes if that you know they're with really very little plot and mostly just them going about their daily lives exactly i mean just it's interesting you talk about shots in the films i mean i you know even though daphne is you know i is my favorite you know i'm thinking of that shot in francis Ha, which is comedic but also you know, kind of yeah, symbolising symbolic of what you're talking about, where that she's she runs, she does that thing where she she's having dinner with Adam Driver, which mm. uh, is an amazing experience because yeah, it's Adam Driver, yeah. and then she runs off to, to, to get the mo- get money out to pay because she like she has to she has to pay for this meal, you know, yeah. she, for all these different reasons, and she runs off to get the money out, and I don't think she gets the money out, but she runs back and she trips and she's just her yeah. running down the street, and it's like and it's kind of it's funny, but it's also. It, it, it it's honest about that feeling of kind of of, isol- of just like it's just her this yeah. film is this film the both films are, are named after their protagonists Francis Ha Daphne it's about them the focus is on them they're sort of alone in that sense and they're both characters do feel that sense of loneliness and for me again it's like the Daphne one of my favorite shots from it is that um that triumphant moment at the end which isn't a spoiler as such where there's just a little smile totally and from the build up that throughout the whole of that film and it's it's not even like a big smile. It's not like a big winning moment. You almost don't notice it. Like, yeah, yeah. You almost don't notice. I, I mean, had to go back and rewatch it because I was like, same. When I first it, see, it. initially I was like, oh, bit disappointed. But then you watch it and then it's like, oh, that is yeah. It's that um, incremental change mm. that both of them portray of that how it's kind of not the big moments. Sometimes it's the little ones that slowly bit by bit, both for bad and good, mm. which incrementally cause like. Um, there's a there's a song by um a band called the avalanches called frontier psychiatrist mm. and there's a there's a quote in there about avalanches like avalanches can grow over and it's used also in um different sort of metaphors in in different cultures and of that sense of the iceberg that there's only a little bit on top but below there's so huge. much going on i mean i mean that- and that seems to be it that gradually this iceberg forms in both of those films for bad and then they smash it and then a good one starts to form but again mm. they've not noticed the good iceberg forming this is really strange as i say it but yeah, I, mean. I understand completely there are the, the thing smashes and there are jewels in the wreckage mm. but they're small jewels but they're significant and they sparkle yeah. i mean the thing with um with that thing in daphne is that you talk about that there's incremental changes mm. that's why daphne and francis are but for me daphne 
you know, Daphne for me works in this way because it is, it's, it's so three-dimensional. And because in real life, there are very rarely moments, I think, just as I'm speaking as somebody who's mm. 23, but there are rarely moments, I think, where you have the, that great operatic, you know, scales falling away from the eyes. Now I see the light. I'm, I'm yeah. I, I, I understand. Oh. Oh, you know, I understand what was <laughs> yes, wrong with I'm me. I'm going to be an aerospace I'm engineer. I'm, com- yeah, like, I'm completely reformed. You know, it's that kind and of thing. And then like, um, uh, Daniel Bedingfield, if it was the 2000s, it's an early noughties rom-com. Like, <laughs> I'm what the, the, the voiceover comes in. I'm walking off, passing by. I'm going to be okay. And then it's like, gotta get through this like but you know like an acoustic vision gotta get through this and then they pan up to the sun and then like and the credits roll yeah yeah exactly like directed by i don't know who would direct that film but we you know the person yeah. who directed my super ex-girlfriend and it'd be it'd, uh, be it'd be called something like she she's on her own way or he's there mm. or 14 going on 40. Yeah. Hey, 13 going on 30 is a great film. <laughs> it's a fun film. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like, it's those incremental changes. I mean, like, it, it's interesting we're comparing these two films in the first place, not just because we love them, but because Peter Mackie Burns, the director of Daphne, mm. he said that when he was making Daphne, Daphne was basically his version of a film like Francis Ha, which is very much a Brooklyn film. Francis mm. Ha is not just about... Uh, Greta Gerwig's character, but it's also about the New York. It's about New York. It's but it's a modern New York film in the vein mm. of Manhattan or in the vein of even something like The Fisher King. You know, which is like they're they're Man- Manhattan movies. They're about the spirit of the city. Yeah, the busyness the slash the isolation of living in somewhere so crowded, so expensive, and and in a way, Daphne is the same thing. It's about London. London. It's it, and it's such a but it, but the fact it, but but there's not one shot of the London Eye, Big Ben, or uh, mm. the sub the, the tube in Daphne. And it's at same all. with. Francis Ha in New York. Mm, I mean, I think you get the subway in there, but basically it's very much but, street yeah. level. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. That's a pedantic. It, it's very, <laughs> I know what you mean. It's very much from street level. But uh, And Daphne is, um, is, is, is the same. And Daphne was Peter Mackie Burns's version of that where it's basically an, it's an elephant and castle movie mm. which probably you know those films don't really exist yeah. and it's interesting because in the previous episode we talked about development hell and but more specifically the the time projects take to get made and what the directors do yeah. in that time with daphne i don't know if you're aware of this i don't know if i've told you but they uh, emily beach and the actress who plays mm. daphne the writer nico mensinger i think his name is yeah. and um and the director peter mackie burns they spent at least a couple of years just going just writing um, basically like a 200 page novel just about her character what she what she studied at university where she went to university what mm. happened to her family her parents what she what her reading list was at university because she did English and philosophy no, yeah. none of which is present in the film no but, but it, it just all gives that layer and you can kind of see in that texture feel, yeah. you can tell in the movie that the character is so three dimensional and so realised and um, again because there's so little plot in both these films like I think it, as you say like it, it's a case of like Everything does serve a purpose, like just the mm. decoration, the the set dressing, mm, the production design. Everything is in keeping with the personality of the mm. of the character and the personality of the film, because the personality of the character is the personality of the film. Yes, I mean, like they're both one and the same. And the fact that they sent Emily Beecham, the actress, off to gigs and to exhibitions, literally two years, and they went sent her off to work in a kitchen, which the character definitely yeah. is. she's a chef in a kitchen in in Elephant and Castle. You know, just to just to get into that that central sort of mood of the character. Mm. You know, it's it, I mean that really i don't think that re- that doesn't really happen with a lot of films where no. you're allowed the time and the space especially and independent characters that like low budget like exactly you basically you, you shoot you, you make them cheap and you shoot fast yeah you know and but I roger corman-esque roger corman-esque <laughs> oh just because the conditions you're working under and i think that it did happen with daphne as well it wasn't exactly a long shoot but they they took the time to really really develop that script and those characters and that specifically that character and 
you know, it really reflects in the film that texture, that graininess, that realism, the sense that it is so, it's so three dimensional. It's almost too too painful. It's kind of you know you can because she's so well realized and so well performed mm. that and as you said, but as you said, she's quite she's not she's not a very likable character. No. Certainly for the first thirty minutes of the I'd film, I'd say for the first sixty minutes. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say I think it's the only like the last ten minutes where. Mm where you actually start to, and people always forget that. I've talked to loads of people who've seen the film and they're a lot who haven't liked it and they, oh, she just, I couldn't get on board with her. She's so spiky and so cynical mm. and so hard bitten. And, but then you go, well, what about the final 20 minutes where things slowly, yeah. incrementally, but because they're so incremental, but significant, you forget about them. I think it is that sense of, I think the thing that for me, why Daphne works so well, um, and it, oh, the flip side of Francis R in a second, but the reason why Dan Daphne works so well is because of the sense you I don't think you meant to like her but it's those flashes of empathy which make you feel that you can change because I think yeah. everyone's had that friend or that person that they know who is like that who is yeah. that sort of hard bitten and that kind of edgy yeah know? and you kind of you you go through constantly why am I friends with them why, yeah. why? why do I like this person yeah and you realize it's those moments of empathy where you're like they are capable and it's it, that's not I'm not saying that's a good thing. They're not a good friend, but it's that hope that kind of and yeah. and just that that realization of like, oh my god, they they are a person. They yeah, are. and I think that's what I what makes me like that film is the fact that the, the hope at the end is actually rewarded. It could have very easily gone the other way, and I think it w I wouldn't have liked the film if that was the case. But that hope is rewarded at the end of how things turn out yeah and it feels so genuinely realized that you yeah. can you believe in you believe in that character you believe in that ending of yeah. oh you know it's small but significant this could go you know you could almost see like a daphne 2 or daphne 3 i mean not that you i would, <laughs> never, I would never i actually would never we'll want to see that later yeah um, I, mean, I wouldn't want to see that but like at the same time yeah but you could you could i could believe that there's a future but it's a similar way then with francis Ha. the flip side of it being that like i think the reason why a lot of people get on with it is because it's like hopeful and positive she's going through life of positivity I, th I think she's an easier character to get on board yeah. with than Daphne certainly but the reason why I love that film <laughs> is almost like the flip side to Daphne of mm. like she could have very easily be quite an annoying character in as a sense of oh isn't she ditzy isn't she and they keep showing that she isn't perfect they show that kind of mm. like she has that acerbic tough nature and can be very selfish yeah, but consistently throughout the film, but in a way that kind of deceives you at first. It's kind yeah. of like it's a strange sort of double act that she does. Yeah, you know. and you you could arguably say she she's not a good person in certain elements that she does how she reacts to things how she is, mm. but it's that again it's that thing of her actually coming to terms with that is the difference. Yeah, like that is the hope in that where she comes to terms with that and goes. I I can be like this. Mm. And the beautiful I, thing about both films is that they both celebrate that. They don't. Mm. They, it's not just something that happens in the script and then they kind of just, the directors just sort of build the film around it and then just like, they don't no. do anything about it. They're both films are about Celebrating that celebrate becoming it. okay with yourself, both good and bad. Which, which I think, in, especially in today's culture, and I think you, we, could, we could go on forever about comparing <laughs> other films about women in, from the last 20 years about this. A lot of films don't do that. A lot of films, the values of the modern world aren't necessarily about settling for what you can get, realizing mm. that you have to at a certain point just to move forward. 
they, a lot of values in, in modern life, certainly for me as, as a growing up as a teenager were, you know, you can do what you want to do. You should do what you want to do. You have a right. You have, you know, dreams. Entitlement. You have entitlement. Yeah, which yeah. gets knocked out of you. In, within, about, yeah. within the first few years after, you know, you turn 18, you know, you kind of learn the realities. It's, ca- it's that kind of classic thing of, you know, the scales fall away from your eyes and you realise what the world is really like. Although I never liked that phrase. What the, you know, yeah, what the world's really like because I think that's just it's dead end and yeah. it's nowhere <laughs> but um, but it is that thing you, know, there are, you do learn as you grow up you know it's kind of inevitable that as you grow up you do discover different mm. things about yourself and the world you're inhabiting and, and and I think a lot of people there's a lot of fear going around I think not just nowadays but classically throughout the last yeah. for, for, forever there's been a fear about that and the beautiful thing about Francis and Daphne is that there is a there is a there is a sort of it is there's an acceptance of that it's mm. all about as a beautiful acceptance of that which is just like and the, the beauty of it is that it's very simple it's just like oh well that's that that is, that is it that that's the way it is but there's that all important but and go but that doesn't mean it's hopeless so that doesn't mean that it's you know it's you know life is boring or you know you're, yeah. you're you're stuck it means that that's actually what you that that realization is what you need for it to move forward and yes. and things can then improve it's the final song of daphne is i found a reason by the velvet underground mm. and the central lyric is you know what comes is what better than what came before you are what you perceive you know and it's it's like or modern love david bowie francis har you know exactly <laughs> yeah. you know which is an amazing sequence i think th- i definitely think francis har is the most overtly stylish of the two and um and well this is the thing i was wanting to talk about yeah now because obviously we've We've talked we, about the thematics and the characters. And we both love these films. Um, I I mean, this is a bit of a foregone conclusion. I'd say that I prefer Frances Ha sure. to Daphne. Yeah, and I'd say I prefer Daphne to Frances Ha. <laughs> but, like, I wanted to sort of do a quick comparison and some rapid-fire questions of of which bits you... Because there are elements as much as I prefer Frances Ha, mm. which I prefer more in Daphne. Mm. Um, I just like to see kind of it's one of those things. It's it's hard to compare them because they are such great films, and it, you don't actively want to pit them against each other. No, because they're very different. Which it now sounds like we're about to, <laughs> to do versus. But it'd just be interesting to see why kind of you connected to Daphne more than Francis mm-hmm. and France because I think yeah. they're two films that I do think get put in that same category. And when you chat to people about one someone usually suggests the other and this might just be a very localized thing for you and me but um and it's always interesting as you say like some people a lot of people don't like Daphne or or Francis Ha again I, I know people who like Daphne didn't like Francis Ha so it'd be interesting to just kind of not actively pit them against each other but see yeah to, breaking to compare down. To, yeah. Rational, to like objectively compare and see what the differences are and what mm. works and etc cetera, etc cetera. more a preference rather than a like one is better than the other. Yeah, of <laughs> course. So, yeah. Um, Francis or Daphne, which sort of, which as a character do you find, or why the reasons? Oh, I think as a friend, I would rather have Francis Ha. Oh God, yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, I would rather spend time a day with Francis Ha. Certainly for the majority of the film. I think if I was a friend, I would become friends of Daphne. I lo- the thing about Daphne is that you fall in love with her character. I've, I'm By the end of the film, I'm completely in love with that character, mm. Like, and which sounds bizarre to people who have seen it and don't like it. But by the end of that film, I'm absolutely sm- smitten. And I think I would, you know, I, after that, the, that, that final frame and the credits start rolling, I just want to go over there and chat to her and hug her and just say, look, you know, it's going to be about, all right. It's gonna, no, just like, let's talk about 
stuff. I just want to have a conversation with her. So I personally think, I mean, this kind of brings me on to my main point about the two films, which is that I think I love Francis R. I love Daphne. Well, actually, more specifically, I re- I like Francis R. a lot, but I love Daphne. Mm. And the difference is that I feel like Francis R. and not just Francis R., there are other things that we will touch on that are about women in uh, living in the 21st century in in metropolises mm. and speaking as a as a straight white 23 year old male here yeah. i know i'm not the most you know I'm, mm. I'm, you know uh you know i'm not of that category but for me francis Hart and things like fleabag are sort of they're, they're wonderful but they are kind of lightweight versions of what this particular sort of character in the stories is about i think this but i think this also mm. comes down to just personal preference because they both tell they both do the same thing, yeah. but for me, I like my bit um, more grit in you. Yeah, I like my sort of the emotional grittiness and sort of graininess mm. and texture, and in, and I would argue richness that that Daphne is imbued in Daphne. Yeah. Whereas I think Francis Hart is it's wonderful and it's so stylish and it's beautiful to look mm. at as a film. It's beautiful to look at, and it sounds great. But to me, it is slightly uh, just. I think it's and it's many. I think down because of the character. I I want the fact that I like Francis Hart more easily, kind of. For me, just as a viewer, Daphne is like, I have to work harder, but I feel that that work is rewarded with greater, you know, mm. rewards. You know, I mean, it's, it's you get the spoils of war are greater with Daphne yes. for me then. And, you know, Francis Hart, and Which, with Daphne, it does feel like war. Mm. And it's interesting, just as a little sign note, that for me, Francis Hart, you know, it's a film about a woman, but it's also a film about friendship. It's about the two friends, Francis mm. and her friend. And Daphne is a film about a, a, a mum and, and a daughter. Yes. It's a, they're basically, they're about relationships between women as much as they're about single female characters. Yes. So just, I just wanted to put that in there. Well, it, it's uh, interesting um, picking up a couple of those themes because I'd say the the reasons why I like Francis Hart more, mm. um, taking your last point first, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, I really love that friendship between Francis and Sarah. Mm. I think because it's such a huge thing, and it is the crux of where the film starts, of Sarah's moving out, mm. so Francis has to find a new place, and she'd kind of become obsessed. And I, I, I think everyone has it, where you have that friend who you adore, and then they've got to move away. Mm. And you're like, but it was so good, why are you doing this? And it's because they, they, they want to move on with their life, not in like a getting rid of you, and you're like... It's a really hard bit of a truth to to, sort yeah, of come, to come swallow. To with. You've yeah. got to be happy for them whilst you feel awful because you're like, I'm losing this person that I see every day. Um, and I think that, because that's so established and that becomes the, almost the sense of the longing that she's looking for. Mm. Perhaps she says, and there's a brilliant quote, which um, once in my younger days I put as a dating profile because <laughs> I think that... <laughs> That um that kind of summed it up for me. It was like when you look across the room and you just see that person, you know that's your person. It's that small world, and it doesn't have to be romantically. I'm I'm probably paraphrasing this badly, but that I always think is where that film's richness comes from. Of talking about that with their friendship, mm. um, and I think Daphne. Whilst I think it does, I think the mum is a can be a bit of a side note. Yeah, no, I think I, agree. I think it's I kind of like almost like. Whilst Geraldine James does a brilliant role and the relationship with her and Emily Beecham's great, I feel like it's almost like a, um, it's adding in that layers. Sure, it's adding in that layers rather than being something organic to the story. Absolutely, I yeah, I it's agree. a reason for, um, mm. which is why therefore I kind of enjoy Francis Hall more in that focus because I think I, I'm not too fussed about 
um, the chef character in Daphne, mm-hmm. which she has that relationship Tom, with Tom Vaughan, lawyer, yeah. who, who actually crops up in events in, in, Infinity in, in, War. Bizarrely, yeah. I was like, what? Okay, and it's no fault to his characterization. It's just I don't really get that. Well, I think with Daphne, um, the, but all the characters, supporting characters in Daphne, including the mother, are mm. all basically they're there to reflect back the satellites, to Daphne. Yeah, what? Yeah, to, to us and to Daphne, what her own character mm. and. Uh, the focus of Daphne is still Daphne with a capital D. Whereas mm. I think with Francis Ha, it is Francis Ha, but it is also friendship and yeah. that particular friendship. And I and I do actually, I do, as somebody mm. who still prefers Daphne, I do agree that I think the mother relationship is still it's a side note, yeah, it, uh, more of a side note rather than the focus of the film. I mm. think personally that works for it because I think the movie, yeah, no, I think it does. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mm. think, I then think that's is, why I connect to Francis Harmon it's just the, the yeah. way we're comparing the two movies it's just the what the differences are and then in a similar way I think the reason why I connect to Francis Harmon more you know you say it's stylized and there's less grit in there mm. um, and that there is again it's like it's a hard one because I, I know I've lived in London like with the bit with Emily Beecham at a crucial point which happens uh, which I'm trying not to give away because it is it comes out of nowhere and it's very much done very realistically and it's very kind of epitome but apart from that moment I think Daphne does seem to live in a bit of this stylized world oh yeah um, no, there is definitely stylization like I think and my only problem is with not even a problem just like why I think I connected to it less is that she m- messes up at her job a lot yeah and a lot of stuff that she does where you're like, right, how are you, like, you kind of, you, you want to see the effects more. The consequences. No, yeah, there isn't, like, that's the only problem with Daphne sometimes is I think the consequences aren't really, but, and that is due to the fact that Daphne as a character just steamrolls through and ignores them. Sure. But the interesting thing with Frances Ha, I think, is it does show those consequences as they come of, like, she stops talking to Sarah mm. after an incident. Mm. Um she ends up having to move back home. And yes, it is stylized, but it also, re- I think, very much reflects the world that it's in. Of like, New York is a bit larger than life. And this is just like when she moves in with Adam Driver and he's got all these bikes and everything because he can, because he can afford it. It's that kind of like, that feels very realistic in that sense. Mm. And she's trying to keep up with it. And she realizes that's not what she wants. But mm. also, like she talks about her rent and how she can't afford it and like yeah. the fact that she has to go back to the parents for Christmas, otherwise she's gonna fail in like and she, go, yeah. she goes to Paris and oh, that Paris trip for me, I just wanted to bring that up because mm. just touch on that because that like just that she spends what, two days there yeah. and she goes there and it kind of symbolizes everything we've talked about, how she's striving for that. She goes to Paris for the reason of like seeing this person maybe and just like showing that she can. can and then she basically is... spends two days alone in like in black and white in this mon- yeah. so monochromatic. That That is so monochromatic, just the mood of that, mm. that particular segment because she's just so alone, so lonely and alone yeah. there. And then, and it's so purposeless kind of. She, yeah. she just comes back after two days and she's like, oh yeah, I was in Paris, you know, and it's like, that's all she can mm. say about it. And it's, that is a, actually a really touching And it's the, moment. yeah, and it's the same as well with, at the end, towards the end where she starts, she has to go back to this school that she graduated from yeah. and work there and I've done that and that mm. is heartbreaking because there's people going like, even though you're only like, what, well, as I'm only 24 and you get like, it, it, it's that thing of people going, Oh, so what did you do? And you're like, you're 16. Like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> like, yeah. I haven't. Like, I'm 24. I'm very young. Like, don't like. It's same for everyone. It's that. Yeah. I think that. I think that's why I kind of like it felt it touched Pers- me person- more person- because of those consequences that you see 
that like she try as much as she tries to keep going with the positivity and that's part of it and like fight against that tide it's that inside out thing of like mm. joy can only take you so far you gotta just accept the sadness of it yeah, yeah. oh god yeah oh god. It's getting a bit heavy <laughs> but then again that scene that scene of the college just have one of the funniest climaxes of it you know yeah this, this uh this is is my affiance we're engaged you're engaged Engaged. (laughs) that's one of my favorite moments in the film um absolutely i mean you know well you know you never you know you never appreciate how young you are when you're 16 i mean (laughs) i'm only starting to appreciate how young slash old i am at 23 but um (laughs) yeah baba yeah (laughs) unpopular opinion so uh, you mentioned fleabag a bit earlier Mm -hmm. and kind of in that sense that sort of fleabag is another almost um Sort part of that family of of, of films. Media, media and films yeah. about mo- women sort of in the modern age yeah in, and in, a, in a city character studies of quite acerbic people difficult kind of people yeah learning to be okay with themselves um and it's it's had it's been an interesting thing that's had a quite a bit of flack recently there was a guardian article um about oh flea bags for posh girls yes i read that I which read, yeah I think the I and a couple of other people brought up um, is that's the world that she lives in, mm-hmm. and it's that case of it's it's attacking something for what it's not, especially when sort of in the the male sort of male media representations. Mm-hmm. That's never that never would be that, brought up. Yeah, it's it almost because of it, it the sense of it. Um, yeah, it's just the fact that it's it's like it's a current popular series, and then it, it just all those kind of things are trapped like anyway, yeah. don't they? But the fact that it does, I mean, it kind of almost like it seems to be let's just take it down a peg or two because we can, rather than mm-hmm. celebrating it. Going, yes, it has flaws. Yes, arguably, you'd like to the, re- the again see more consequences, but mm-hmm. that is the world that it's in. Um, and and the fact that that's actually not a problem. That's a, that, that I think that actually works in its favour yeah. the fact that it is a, it is a good portrait of that sort of like comedy of manners culture comic, yeah kind of like you know like tight you know acerbic claustrophobic mm. kind of culture you know which a lot which people do inhabit you know mm. and it's it's it's, a, it's i think it's a truthful portrait of that sort of life exaggerated mm. at times but, yeah of course but, but which uh, is is what a kind of because i don't think it this is very sort of awkward unpopular opinion because like uh but you you don't sort of again it's you you really like Fleabag, yeah, no, but it doesn't I, connect to you it doesn't in a similar con- way. Yeah, it doesn't connect to, to, me, to me as such. Like, sure, I mean, I think thing of I, I love it, and I'll put it with <laughs> like, up there with Francis yeah. and Daphne and things. I mean, for me, Fleabag. I mean, don't get me wrong. I really enjoy Fleabag. I mean, it took took me a couple of episodes to really, but by <laughs> the end of that first series, I was I was kind of sold. But the thing is, because it's almost, I, it's one. I think it's very similar to Daphne in that kind of. Well, yeah, it's kind of the perfect flow. middle point between Daphne and Francis Ha. Yeah. So it's 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 funny and kind of enjoyable, more overtly enjoyable, like Francis Ha, and even more stylish. I mean, the four four breaking is kind of the obvious mm. point, but the editing pace is really interesting. The way that all three yes. films edited are really well, are really interesting and put together. I mean, the fact that you have that really really brief credit sequence in Fleabag was actually just the name of the Fleabag, and then cut, yeah, cut out that bizarre jazz sax to. Yeah, hard cut to scene. Yeah, Francis Ha, the, the you, you only see her name at the end, and then the music kicks in, and like also the credits. title sequence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's something that I liked. Uh, and Daphne as well. Each scene is kind of like a Polaroid. Like there's yes. about there's, there, there's there must be it's eighty three minutes Daphne, and there must be not to talk too much about Daphne, but there are like there must be like a hundred <laughs> scenes in that film, and some of them are uh, twenty seconds long, some of them are three minutes long. But mm. each one, Daphne is in each one, like Travis Bickle, she's like the center of the yes. film. She's in virtually she's in every scene, and each scene is like a little Polaroid, and like 
very few of them really connect mm. but that's kind of it really captures that sense of like in life each sort of you don't you don't when you think about when you in your memory you don't think of each scene distinctly you think mm. of each one as like a, a separate thing that doesn't quite mesh like a polaroid yes like you know that's stuck up on a wall they're each like a like a string and they because all the timeline a, yeah, yeah. And they each kind of flow into the next one whereas a flea bag for me, is that middle ground? It's more sort of overtly enjoyable, like Francis Ha, but also a much more spiky, difficult mm. character than Daf like Daphne. But the thing with Fleabag for me is that humor as an agent, as a vehicle for like talking about these difficult things, can work. Mm. But I just, and this is just personal taste, I think. I, yeah, cool. I have a real sort of respect for some, and admiration for something that is bold enough and brave enough and has the balls almost, not to get, you know, uh, to um, really go for the jugular and just like put it out there and go, look, this is it. This mm. is, this is this character. It, it doesn't matter. Almost doesn't matter that she's spiky. This is just it. And I think Daphne does that. And uh, I don't, and, and that, and just in my fiction, in my movies, in my literature, in my, mm. you know, the, the music, I like to see people being dangerous in that sense. And you think Fleabag maybe takes a step back when it should go really in potentially? Or? I don't know if it should go really in, but I just, I feel like it's not just Fleabag. There are other examples of this that use humor as a way of getting into those difficult that difficult territory, yeah. which is, which is, which is, and it works. I mean, like free billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, it sounds like the strangest comparison, but that uses humor really effectively. Mm. And then in that final scene, you have that real emotional gut punch and you arrive at that via humor. And, yeah. and also in things like Irvin Welsh's work, you know, he uses really black comedy, but it is still comedy. I mean, like comedy. So you kind of maybe then would sort of like less humor to almost, or is it, I suppose yeah. it's hard because taking that out, taking a vital part of no, Fleabag's DNA. No, no, I don't I want to change anything about Fleabag because mm. I don't think, I think it works as it is. Mm. But for me, it just, and this is again, personal taste. I feel like it just feels for me more lightweight than Daphne. And Francis mm. R to me, I, I really like Francis R. I really but again, like similar, yeah, similar but, box that it's just as a personal preference. Daphne is kind of the, the me, pure 10 cc's injected into the bloodstream the rather than... You know, paracetamol in the morning. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, and and again, this is no insult to the, the no, no, no. Bag, but like, and also, yeah, just the fact that the the humor is it, it's a way into these difficult territories of like, you know, by the end of the first series, she's wandering the streets of London with you know mascara streaming down her face, mm. and she's kind of a wreck, which was you know it's a powerful image, mm. it's bold, but and the way we arrived to that was humor, and for me, humor is ultimately a way of to point and laugh at something. You have to have a distance to it. You have to be able to be far enough away from it to point at it and laugh. Yes, and you're not right up in its face. You're not right up there. You know, really wrestling with those as much of those issues, and um, and it and 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 but it it works. Mm. But I'm I'm struggling to articulate here. No, it, no, it, it's kind of like um, I really the the stuff that I that really gets me is the stuff that's that. Gives as gives better than it gets, where it really just goes straight in and no holds barred. Just like I'm just going to with a get in the dirt, get in the roll dirt. around in a bit, and, mm, and comes is, out yeah. the other side with like pearls of wisdom. Yeah. And um, for me, Fleabag, it kind of it, it it it's just it's a light. It, for me, it's like the difference between uh, this is getting really film school pretentious. <laughs> it's like Francois Truffaut's Day for Night as as comp compared to Fellini's Eight and a Half. It's kind of it's wonderful. <sighs> God, but I'm going to sit down. Oh, you're throwing the heavyweights around. It's like it's a lightweight version of what a film director's life is. You know, this is all paraphrasing mm. Terry Gilliam. But like Fleabag for me, because of that sort of the way it's it's tools that it uses is mm. sort of a bit more lightweight than something like Daphne, which really is just like the the pure uncut. You know, you know, and yeah. but, but it means it's a hard it's harder to like. But for me, it, it, it's 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 more a more admirable effort. Mm. And I think I can, I mean I completely. 
understand um where you're coming from. I think like the, yeah, I'm I not think sure if I phrased it very well. No, 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 it's it's that thing of for you personally, you you want it to yeah, say it's that kind of the full not not even no concessions. Yeah, no would concessions be the, would be the, exactly, yeah, and it's not like concessions isn't a bad thing in this case. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's the the point. It's more that no giving the audience a helping hand, and it's not even a helping hand in a bad way. It's just a way of making that more engaging for them. Exactly. Whereas yeah. Daphne, you see that with a lot of people not enjoying it because it doesn't go. It Hold is, my hand. It doesn't make it easy for you. Yeah, and 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 not just in films, but in in a lot of fiction and, and art and mm. and stuff. I just that's what I really enjoy. I like to see people being risky and dangerous in that way of like putting mm. something out there and, and not caring almost if you like it. Yeah, it's kind of like that for me with a razor head and you know blue velvet. Blue velvet's really good and it's really enjoyable, but mm. a razor head for me is the pure uncut like this yeah. is it, you know, and. For me, that's the same. Whereas me, like, give me that, uh, give me that lovely pillow, that blue paps ribbon there, <laughs> and let time. me sit down. Yeah, <laughs> and a bottle of Heineken. Yeah, um, and yeah, I, I, it's again. I think the, the main thing I'm trying to put across here is that like these are all incredible pieces of work. Yeah, they're all brilliant. Check them out, love them, adore them. Um, it's yeah, just personal preference. You, you give me that, that yeah, give yeah. me that, give me that sweet, sweet, gritty texture. Yeah, you know. Whereas uncut. I'm like. Oh come on, Francis! Come on, Fleabag! Let's get a let's get a bit of bit of laughs in there. Yeah, and and it is and it is you know and personal preference. And I recognise that you know stuff creators and sort of like lit fiction and literature and art or movies that do do that sort of thing of like no concessions mm. do can suffer from it. Like you know they often give as give better than they get. Yeah, it's the harder to like. But I still think the, the it's they're they're more admirable for it. Yeah. Um. Quick thing before we go. Francis R and Daphne, <laughs> do you think they could have a crossover? Yeah. Oh, like, could they ever be friends? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd be interesting. Rather like than usually we pitch a sequel or a. Do you think you could ever do a crossover where it's just like uh, Francis goes to London? She's she's doing a successful dance show, mm. and then she hires in a caterer, and there's Daphne cooking up, <laughs> up some food. That'd be interesting. Like, would each shot when you cut to Francis would it be black and white? And when you cut yeah, to Daphne, would it be really in interesting. Like, that would be interesting. I don't know whether I feel like yeah, Daphne and Francis Their relationship would have to. This be is a, fan fiction more. This is, fan fiction. Sequel, this, is, yeah. this is Tumblr slash fiction. You know, uh, like but getting there. Um, I think like they would have to be colleagues, not friends. I feel like Francis mm. wouldn't mind Daphne, but would find her kind of trying. Where kind of wouldn't maybe find it hard to understand there, whereas Daphne would kind of clock Francis and just go like, yeah, yeah, she's not the kind of person. I'd, I'd, I mean, it'd, be, it'd be a great level for like comedy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, awkward kind of comedy would be interesting. And then you have Fleabag coming into it and just like really, and like, you know, glancing over in the corner for some reason every few seconds. Going, oh, wait, what's over there? Oh, oh, I see the glances yeah. over there. Um, Dude, it like a commentary. <laughs> that would be, a, I'd, I'd love to see the three of those actually cross mm. over and that would be really interesting. Hey, uh, yeah, probably the only way that it'd ever be done though, I imagine would be like a comic relief special. <laughs> a comic relief special, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, was a, a, I, that was a packed episode. I mean, I feel like there's so much more we could talk yeah, about. Yeah, and I think the main those. thing we, we should say is just, go discover them for yourselves because mm. they're all, if you haven't seen any of them or if you've seen one of them, I think it's a great base to kind of go into, like watch those. Mm. Um, like, I'm, yeah, if you like this, you'll love that. Totally. Yeah. And if you like your female characters a bit more spiky and acerbic, go for Fleabag. Or if you like them even more difficult, go for, or, but three dimensional, mm. go to 
Daphne. I mean, I've been banging the drum for Daphne for ages, but I feel like Daphne out of those three is the one that's least seen. And I would yes. say, yeah, I, my recommendation would be uh, go and see all three of them, but particularly seek out Daphne because it really is, you know, if you're, if you're keyed into it, it will really reward you with, you know, you know, it's, it's a great film. And uh, I mean, I mean, it's been, you know, the season finale for this one, isn't it, Joe? Yeah. So uh, it's been a good episode to finish on, I think, for this current run of episodes. Definitely. I think um, we'll be back very, very soon with uh, another selection of film topics, debates, discussions. Uh, Billy's going to go watch Happy Feet 2 for a bit. I'm going to stop going on about Happy Feet 2. <laughs> <laughs> I have another film kills to, me. to chat about next series, yeah. if that happens. Season 2. Joe, it's just Joe's dead somewhere. <laughs> Billy's dead. killed him, and ha- every copy of Happy Feet Two is buried with him. Yeah, <laughs> just like every single copy in the world. So yeah, well, the world would be a better place. Yeah, probably, maybe. No, not if you're dead. Not if you're dead. Definitely oh, right, not if God. you're dead. And on that note, <laughs> thanks for listening again. And yeah, tune in next season for some more film debate discussion and just general talk and chat. But until then, I've been Billy. And I've been Joe. And we've been Now Now in Cinemascope. Cinemascope. Thanks for listening.